As I went home, I really thought a lot about the series that we are doing. And I really felt that I think I was trying to rush the teaching to finish the points. And I really thought these principles we are sharing, Bazalana, they are so important. You know, as I look back, there are certain things when I learned them, they marked a turning point in my life. First of all, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit in 1979 and learned to pray for extended hours, that has a major change in my life. You know, the outreach that was held two weeks ago, Korogville, it was actually the actual spot where Muruti Kenneth and I used to pray as young people in 1979. I was 18 years old at the time. And I remember one day, after we had been praying there, as we finished praying, then we noticed there was an elderly person who was leaning over, looking at us. We were both so scared, and then he said, no, boys, don't panic, I... I've actually been watching you for the last few weeks disappearing into this open felt called Gange. And I was wondering what you boys were coming most Gangeng to do. And he said, for the last few weeks, I've been coming here to watch both of you pray. And you were also caught up in prayer that you were not even aware I'm here. And this old man, elderly man said, I don't go to church. I don't know much about God, but watching you two young men pray made me want to encounter this God that you're praying to. Would you be so kind to come to my house? I just live across the road. That's why you could see us, just across the road. And we said, we'll come to your house the following day. Indeed, the following day, we went to his house to go and pray. To date, Bazalon, there's been very few times when I've experienced the tangible presence of the anointing like we did on that day, to this very day. There are certain experiences about God. When you have tasted it, you are never the same because it just shows you there are certain sides to God certain things about God and his presence that are very mysterious. And when you have tasted it, you long for it. You hunger for it. When you have tasted it, it seals your life and protects your life. It changes you on your inside. Somehow it cushions you against evil. Sometimes it immunizes you against the attraction of the world. Somehow it does something in you that you yourself cannot explain. I never will forget that experience. As we were praying, it was like it's raining. I heard the sound of rain, except that this rain was like liquid flames. It sort of made me think about the day of Pentecost. I wasn't there on the day of Pentecost. Because the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then it says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and sat upon each one of them. And it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, there's a sign of the Holy Spirit we have not talked about. It. Unfortunately, people abuse it. Jesus spoke about it. He said, uh, John talked about it. He said, I baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes up after me is greater than I. He says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire is for purification. Fire is for setting apart. Fire is for bringing value out of something. You see, the, 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 the disciples on the day of Pentecost, not only were they filled with the Holy Spirit, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
And I know that that happens when we pray for people. We may not see the fire. But that day, I think we were baptized in fire. Literal. We didn't see anything, but it felt like it. It was like I could see it in, 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 through my spirit. And it was such a tangible presence in that room that you knew the presence of God is there. It was like if I was to open my eyes, I'll see him. And, and, and sort of, you kind of realize what John went through when he saw Jesus. In the book of Revelation, he says, when I saw him, I fell before him as one who was dead. And when I look at him, his eyes were filled with fire. And when you stand in the presence of God, you feel so unworthy. You feel so much of a sinner. You feel his, his purity, his holiness, but you can also not escape his love for you. And we were lost in that presence, filled with that presence. I was afraid to open my eyes. I was praying. Kenneth was praying. It was the, the, the most intense prayer that we ever prayed. And as we were praying, this man, this elderly man that we hadn't spoken to, we only went to his house to pray, fell on all his knees, on his hands and knees, and began to cry out to God and ask God to forgive him of his sins. We hadn't preached to him. There's something about the presence of God that draws people who don't know Christ. Oh, somebody say hallelujah in the house. Oh, everybody say hallelujah in the dome, in the foyer. Everybody hallelujah. And I know 79 was a year my life changed. I got to know what praying is. What persistent praying is. I got to understand what groaning in the spirit is. What intercession is. I got to understand what the anointing was, what the presence of God was. And I found out in 1979 that there's a way you can be so full of God that the world cannot entice you. That even when people come and present things to you, you are so hooked on God, you can't be hooked on anything else. You are hooked on the most high and nothing else can hook you. So 79 was a big year for me. It was a big year. A lot of what I do today, I learned then. A lot of what I do today, I have built on that foundation. Those early day lessons, those entry level lessons are important because they build capacity in you. When it comes to God, Barcelona, it's like, um, uh, you know, when, when, the, when the book of Proverbs talks about the word of God, uh, uh, wisdom, and it says wisdom is like rubies. It's like precious stones. And it uses the simile of like when you go into mining. The deeper you dig, the more you find precious stones. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wealth that doesn't run out. It's a mine that never ceases to surprise you. And that's what the presence of God and the things of God are about. Even if you know, you realize like Paul says, we know in part. We prophesy in part. Even if we may be matured, even if God may have used us, even if in Paul's case, he went to the third heaven, he had things that he says in his words are not even lawful to speak about. But even then he realizes what I know is but just a small fraction there's so much to know. So I'll never exchange 1979 and the lessons I learned for anything in my life. But then in 1981, 1982, I started learning how to be led by the Spirit of God. I tell you, that marked a major change in my life. I can say without doubt that a lot of what we do today in our church and in how I lead is based on what I'm teaching this morning. Knowing how to be led by the Spirit and to follow God's direction. Instead of groping around in darkness, instead of second-guessing the will of God, instead of going in by luck, instead of hoping that fortune will take you there, instead of using a hit-and-miss method, you can know, even in the most minute detail of life, what the will of God is. And let me say it now. I was going to say it later. I advise you to learn it now. 
When you are still at the stage you are in your life, learn it early. You young people, before you have responsibility over major things. Learn it now before you start leading corporations, before you start being a parent, before you start leading uh, businesses, leading a church. Learn it now because as you grow, as you take more responsibility, there are more people who rely on your decision making. Those lessons I learned in 81, now I have to make decisions in our church today. Our church with 60 branches, almost 40 to 50,000 people, now our decisions are very expensive. If I make the wrong decision, it's going to affect 50,000 people. We have staff workers who work in our church. They rely on that payment that comes there. And it's all based on the fact that we can lead this church and not run it into the ground. We can still stay afloat. We can still stay on the cutting edge. You don't want that burden on you to know that there are people who have forsaken their professions to follow you and they are depending on you listening to God. You don't want that burden on you. There, there, there's never a week or a day that goes by without me thinking about that. There's never a day that has gone out without me thinking about all of you. I don't think as many people can come and listen to a guy because he's a wise guy. I'm not a fool. I'm not a fool. I know me. I know my limitations. I know how far I go. I know it more than anybody. But I know there's something about a God who's supernatural. There's something about an ability that comes from God. And the last thing I want to do is to mess up that. So learn early. Learn early. So I learned how to be led by the Spirit. 1981, 1982. It was such a huge lesson for me. And as I'll be explaining as we go along, the different times I've had to learn and listen to the leadership of God and it saved me from trouble. The same way it will save you from trouble. Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? We ended last week by talking about God leading us through the inward witness. Let me not go through all the other things for the sake of time. And I want to describe what the inward witness is. Go with me to Romans chapter 8 verse 14 and 16 and read it with me please. Read it with me. Romans 8, verse 14 and 16. Let's read together. How does it read? Let's read. For as many as are by there, they are what? They are what? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? Like we said last week, you can read it this way. The sons of God will be led by the Spirit of God. That simply means a child of God. If you are born again, you can expect to be led. Tell your neighbor, I expect to be led by the Spirit. Tell your other neighbor, you can expect to be led by the Spirit. But Zalana, own that. Claim that as your promise. Expect it. Look forward to it. I will be led by the Spirit. Huh? I don't need horoscopes. Huh? I don't need palm reading. I don't need lucky doves. I will be led by the Spirit. Are you there, Bazala? And you see, Bazala, these are fundamental things that build a great life. See, if you look at the way God works, God doesn't build our life through spectacular things. This is how God wants to lead you. Not through prophecy. It's secondary. Not through other ways. This is the standard way. The problem with many people is that we do not apply what God says we must apply, which is the everyday standard way. Ena is a better everyday. Prophecies data sometimes. But today, people want to make us spiritual consultants. They want to make us to be, have prophecy on demand. Give an offering, press me, thus says the Lord. <laughs> so people are lazy to develop their own ability to hear God for themselves. They leave the burden and lay the burden on you. And of course, I could cash in a lot of money. I could make a lot of money too. Yeah, serious. Printers keep a cast for the house. I can't get out of here. 
No demon. But that's foolishness. That's exploitation. You need to learn. And, and listen to me, young people. One of the young people here asked me, and some of the young people, they asked me a question a few weeks ago. And when I was answering them, Linda was shocked at what I said. They were asking me about something. And I said to them, you know what? Learn to start in these biblical principles when you are young. Let me explain a principle to you. Are you all okay? Yeah. Are you still here? Are you all listening? Are you all listening? Yeah. Do you want me to stop? You want to go home now? You want to go home? All right. I said to them, start when you're young. Because this is what I've learned, Bazan, over the years. When you start young, if you stay on course, all right, and you continue growing, you start reaching certain levels that you would otherwise never reach had you not started young. There are levels in God. There are levels in God. Not only there are levels, there's also capacity. When you start early, learning these things, like you heard me pray for the children, let them be saved at a young age, let them be filled with the Spirit at a young age, let them follow God at a young age. When they start Balibakana to pray in tongues, of course, not Balibakana, they get saved, they get filled with the Spirit. You build a certain capacity of hearing God. Not only that, a certain capacity to carry a big anointing. Bishop Dark calls it a fat anointing. When you start in the things of God, also there's a lot of things you must unlearn. And sometimes the things that we did and learned are the biggest hindrance to us flowing. It doesn't mean we can't learn. It doesn't mean we can't grow. But there is a lot more effort that we must put. How no who low can I party? Rubala leva to all over. Unwa usai kisuru man. Where's Anto take offend? You know, ubuama ka utwa everything. It's fine. Mudimo a chencha. But you find the minute you start turning to godliness, you have to be really determined not to allow the old life to fleece you back. Oh, no, you are not hearing what I'm saying. You are not hearing what I'm saying. So I said to our young people, start young with these principles. Because when it comes to God, there's no limit how far God can take you. There's no limit in the spirit. There's no limit whether you are a pastor, whether you are a business person, whether you are an academic, whether you are a scientist. Whatever you are, there's no limit. And if you learn these principles early, when you get to a certain age, you can reach certain levels and certain dimensions. That's what, the, that's what the secular world knows. If you want somebody to be a good ballet dancer, you don't start them when they are 30. No. These Russian girls who are good ballet dancers, they start them when they are like three years old, five years old. And you know, because when you're three years, five years old, your body is still supple. You know, how old, how You know, your, your bones are not set yet. Your sinews and your everything is still supple. So, so if you grow up knowing how to stretch, where is the splits? You know, if you keep doing, I'm not going to do one. Hey, let us all the doctor. When you keep doing that, even as you grow, you grow already having embraced that discipline. It becomes part of you. So what happens as you grow, you can go to more complex moves. You can do more complex things. Mara, we must start you when you are young. You see, so it is the big, when you see the Sabahudile, I mean, sometimes I see some of these gymnasts, when they do those twirls and those turns and, and they jump on a, they walk on a plank and a flipper, and you go, oh. they've been doing it for years. They are experts at it. Yeah. When you look at people who are playing soccer, huh? they start them young. Yeah. But how can I also turn the Hey, the same is true for spiritual things. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So don't overlook these principles. They may seem basic, but they are a door to bigger things. Can I hear an amen? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? Now, verse 16 tells us how God leads us. It says. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So it means the Holy Spirit 
will bear witness with our spirits. The word witness, it means to confirm, to agree with. The Holy Spirit, who's in our spirit, will give us what I call the inward witness. Somebody say the inward witness. Say it again. Now, the inward witness is in our spirits. It's not in your head. Okay? It's not in your feet. It's in your spirit. But what is the inward witness? I want to explain that to you. How can I identify the inward witness? Now, You'll be surprised to note that you have had the inward witness before. You just didn't realize it was the inward witness. Why? Because when you get born again, listen to this carefully. God makes your spirit to be alive. And as Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Which means God will use your spirit to guide you. Or God will guide you through your spirit. He will enlighten you through your spirit. So if I can learn how to hear my spirit, if I can learn how to recognize when God is leading me through my spirit, then I can make right decisions in my life. Then I'm not going to walk around in darkness. Then when it comes to decision making, I can be sure it is something that God has led me to do. Are you here? Are you tired? No. All right. The first way you can identify the inward witness is, somebody said, the inward witness is like an inward feeling. Hey, inward feeling in your heart. An inward feeling or an inward sense. Come on, now you have a sense or a feeling. Come on. Watch this now. This sense will tell you if you must make the decision or you shouldn't make the decision. This sense will tell you if it's a yes or it's a no. In that sense, it is God speaking to you through the inward witness. Or it is God guiding you, God leading you through the inward witness. Now, if it's a yes, or if it's a no, this is how you'll know. If you've ever driven through a red light, have you ever who beat a robot red? Anybody? I remember I can bring it. Did you remember the feeling that you got when you went through a red light? Yeah, yeah, So, 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 you you get that type of sense in your spirit. You, you want to make a decision, but there's something coming. But then, if the robot is green, you remember the feeling? So if it's a yes, come on, it's a green robot. Let's explain it further. If it's a yes, you'll, be, you'll get peace in your spirit. Stillness. Somebody said you will get a good, an inward, good, velvety-like feeling. Just, just a, it, 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 it's, not, it's not a voice in this instance. It's just a feeling inside. You just feel good. In the week, I remember, I, I don't, and I was considering certain things at home and everything. And I just had this good feeling on the inside. I was actually talking to God about something, you know. And I just had this good sense about that area. And I knew, okay, covered. <laughs> covered. Uh, ah, covered. Just an inward sense, a good velvety-like feeling. If it's a yes, it's a peace and stillness. But if it's a no, There'll be an inward restlessness. You find out It's an inward bad feeling. You find sometimes how do you you keep on going back to that thing we put Aramara did? I do the right thing. Your spirit is talking to you. God is leading you. You'll find that even if you've made a decision, you lie awake. Thinking about it, I wonder this guy if he's the right guy. 
I know I, I, I met him on a dating site. <laughs> yeah, now he looks like a hunk. <laughs> and here's the problem. Why is this, Pastor? The problem with this is that what you feel in here and what your logic tells you oftentimes will be two different things. There are certain decisions when you make them from a rational standpoint, everything should be fine. Mara, still, you are not at peace. You, you bought that second-hand car. Mara, you are not at peace, Kayon. Because the owner didn't tell you, Hurry, Ile ya, ya, ya Caesar engine. Because how is Shabile right? And many of these things, God knows about them. God knows Hurry, Ile ya Caesar engine. God knows that that house every regular ne giza high seven. God knows who in Alamatayete. Lidim Beba. He knows, yeah, he knows that. So he knows if you put my, so you are negotiating to buy this house, Mara. And when you walk around the house, and you wouldn't know. Because before you come, they fumigate the house. Before you come, they remove all the rats and they tell the rats to behave. <laughs> so now when you come, you look at the house, it looks good. In the year 2000, it was such an interesting thing. You know, there was this big thing in 1999 about the millennium. The year 2000. Everybody was afraid. That when the clock turns to 2000, even the clocks will not work. You remember? Well, the millennials will not know what we're talking about. But there was a big, big hoo-ha about it. There are Christian people who said, we are buyuches. <laughs> there were prophecies. There's people in, in America, there are people who bought food. Extra food. Because they said everything is not jam. There are people who would never go on a plane. They said the computer on a plane will not be able to function. But in that space of fear and confusion, another thing came up in South Africa, among churches like ours, where they started a, a scheme called Miracle 2000. Some of you may not remember that. I can talk about it now because it has a heart. And what happened was, there was a promise that if you invest money, you will get X amount in returns. Many churches like ours went into that scheme because they were canvassing pastors. They came to canvass me to invest the money of the church. But when I look at the thing, when they explained it, from a rational standpoint, it makes sense. Marakamo. And I will never forget about the way some of them literally challenged me. They spoke bad about me. They said, when Amudimu has shown us, in fact, there's one another, this thing is the thing of God. And I know today of many pastors who lost the money of the church. Some of them invested all the building fund money. There were elderly people in churches who took out their pension money. Yeah. People who had just gone on pension, they took all the pension money to invest in that. All that money, no, none of them has ever gotten their returns. Yeah. Fell flat. And yet it had Christians in it. Yeah. Born again, spiritual, tongue talking, devil chasing. Money gone. You know why? I just had a sense in my dream. Logically, it made sense. Think about you. Decisions you made where you were not at peace. Listen, if you are not at peace about something, rather postpone the decision. Oh, I'm preaching now and you're not saying amen. If there's one thing that's a turn off to me is when people want to rush me into a decision. This thing, hey, this special, Safella, next week, Sanye, 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 Sanye. I just look at you and say, what's my king? If you want me to decide, you better give me time. And if you don't have the time, then I'm not your client. 
I want to go home. I want to pray about it. Sometimes it takes a while to connect. You know? It's almost like when you're trying to download something. You know? YouTube. Sometimes that's what happens. Oh, or some of you are little Rubuakam. Just explain to the person next to you Rubuakam. Can't you? Barre is buffering. So sometimes it takes a while to buffer. How sure? Uri. Take the time. Don't rush. In the book of Isaiah, this is what the Bible says. It says, he that believeth shall not make haste. Faith doesn't get in a hurry. Faith doesn't get in a hurry. Faith has peace. Faith has patience. That's why when you read the book of James, it puts faith side by side with patience. We'll talk about that another day if that day comes. But it's faith and patience. If you have a faith that's hurried, why not you are believing God, Marobata? Everything, Goku. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Faith is patient. Faith doesn't take a leap. It takes a step. Faith understands I move from glory to glory. I move from strength to strength. Mara, I can't get there if I didn't start here. Don't worry if you are still at entry level. Don't worry if you have to take seven weeks to know what God is saying. That is where you are starting. That is where you are beginning. Mara, build on that. There will come a day when you will know even if it didn't take so long. Can I hear an amen in the house? I'm telling you things that helped me when I started. There are things that used to take me longer to know. Way in, 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 the, year eight, in the 80s. Now I know quicker because, and I'll come to it at the end, but the capacity of my spirit has become bigger. And the voice, you see, once you start connecting properly, and, and you, don't, you go to 3G or you go to 5G in the spirit, or you go to LTE, LT what? LTE in the spirit. Hmm? Or you go to fiber optic in the spirit, you download quicker. And your connectivity is faster because you have gone to another level. Somebody say another level. Yeah. But God wants to lead you through steps. Yeah. internet in Connect internet. the whole day. But then they took us. What was the next step yet? After that, who got in? Huh? Then they said that they'll make it faster. Yeah, then Telecom said the hours is faster. And then Vodacom said it's faster. And then now Baba Shapaka Fiber Optic. Yeah, After Fiber Optic, some of you think that's all there is to it. No, no, there may be another one. The appeal you needed to save your data on an on a server kai kai. When I know you save it on the cloud. I mean we are just going to another level. But you've got to start somewhere. Oh, can I hear an amen in the house? You've got to start somewhere. Yeah. So learn to share the inward witness. The second way the inward witness manifests is through the inward, the still small voice. Somebody say the still small voice. Tell two people it's the still small voice. You only told one. I said, tell two. It's a still small voice. <laughs> Can I have another one? Now, Bazalana, the term still small voice is key. That voice is so faint inside your spirit that if you are not quiet, you'll not hear it even if it's speaking. It's not that it's not speaking. But it has been drowned out by all the noise around you. Right now, my PA was trying to tell me something. And I came home. She came to talk to me. Unabu, I could see her lips moving, but I didn't hear what she said. She had a still small voice. <laughs> so I had to leave and go to a quiet place. It's when you go to the quiet place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you go to a quiet place. 
It's still the same still small voice. But you move away from the noise. Unfortunately, we live in a noisy world. And we are constantly bombarded by a lot of noise. And a lot of things that are said, sent to us, done to us, everything. And unfortunately, little now, harai quiet. You know, some of us, you know, or some of us when we wake up already you clutter yourself with noise the first thing you look at your phone look at your neighbor and say oh boy bishop <laughs> next thing you go to your music boom 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 and it's all the noise from the outside but there's a voice on the inside that's trying to tell you what's going to happen that day there's a voice on the inside that's trying to tell you if you leave five minutes later you may just avoid something on the road Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But because we, we are crowding it out with the noise. In First Kings 19, you can read it at home. God spoke to the prophet Elijah through a still small voice. Watch this, Bazalan. That still small voice, as I said. It's so faint that if you're not listening, it's going to give you a lot of problems. I remember a few years ago, I was leaving my, home, my house, and it was during winter time. And, you know, we have a, a fireplace with Nerienza Munlo, and I don't remember, somebody had taken out the ash earlier that day. But I, I don't know if you realize, sometimes you can take out ash and you find right at the bottom, Hunali. Yeah, and, and, and somehow, you know, unfortunately, whoever it was didn't check and they had dumped the ash there. So I, we didn't, I didn't see it happen. I don't know who it was, whatever. But so I left for work. But as, as I was, listen to this, as I was preparing myself, something in here said, go and check the bin. Now, it was, it was a small, it was just a still small voice. Hey, hey, go and check the bin. Have you ever been there more or fella? Just a thought to it. Kalekisabunis mama. Or their name just flashes. You know? And now, now, because we don't know, is the inward witness speaking? We don't listen. So, you know, even when I was reversing out of the yard, there was this, you know, just. That's been. You hear a fella? That's me. <laughs> so I left. I left. I came back later. And funny, as I drove into the yard, that's been. This time I listened. I headed straight to the dustbin and I found it had been burned to the ground. And not only that, there was so much fire that there was soot right on the wall and the fire was so high that one of the kappas, king, one of the trusses had actually caught fire. But it didn't catch too much fire so it didn't burn. It burned, but the, or rather the fire didn't start. But you could see it seared. You could see it was about to catch fire. Think about this now. The house could have been burned down. And some preacher would have seen the Lord had given. <laughs> and the Lord has taken away. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Lord would say, but I tried to speak to the guy. <laughs> Many times, Bazalan, God spoken to you. Think about it. 
oftentimes you say, you know, I, I wasn't sure about this. But you did it, didn't you? Yeah. You let the brother into your life, the girl into your life. Yeah. You gave your freedom away. Yeah. That's still small voice. So you learn with time. When you get that, don't rush. Did you switch off that pot? Pizza hill. It just. Pizza hill. Just. I know. We're busy. We're hectic. And that's, the, that's our greatest problem. Our busy lives. Our rush lives. We have no time to slow down and listen. We're always rushing. We're always in a hurry. We're always worrying. We always have deadlines to meet. We always have people to meet. We, our time is scarce. We have no time to wait. We have no time to, to stay in the presence of God. We have no time to listen to stillness. We, we are surrounded with things. And God's trying to talk to us, but there's all this clutter. Yeah. So what happens? The still small voice is drowned out. Look at the neighbor and say, this is a sobering sermon. It's a sobering sermon. It's a sobering sermon. It's a sobering sermon. Number three is an inward perception or an inward knowing. That word perception means an inward knowing. I have a long scripture I want to read and I want to show you, Bazaran, it's in the New Living Translation. I want to show you something that is really amazing. This is where you just know. You just know this thing is not going to work out right. You can't justify it from a rational standpoint. You don't know what. If they ask you why Why don't you like my friend? I don't know. Thank you for those hands. I worked so hard to prepare the sermon. I need some more. Amen. Let's read this scripture. It will shock you. It will really bless you, not shock you. Acts 27 from verse 7. Paul is on a ship that is bound for Italy. He's a passenger there. He's not in charge of it. Acts 27 verse 7, it says we had several days of slow sailing. And after great difficulty, we finally neared Snyder's. But the wind was against us, so we sailed across to Crete and along the sheltered coast of the island past the Cape of Salmon. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens near the town of Lassia. Verse 9. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Note it. Verse 10. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. He explains the trouble. He says, I just believe there's shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. Now, when you read it in the New Living Translation, it really doesn't have a hunter. Look at the King James Bible. In the King James Bible, same verse, he says, he said unto them, says, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. He just knew. How? You don't know. He just had a sense. Guys, let's not continue. Let's dock the ship. Because if you, if you persist, we're going to get danger. We're going to lose the ship, we're going to lose the cargo, and we'll finally lose our lives. But they didn't listen to him. They didn't listen to him. Let's continue reading. Verse 11. Now note, 
He's not speaking as a, as a professional. He is not a, he's not the captain of the ship. He's not trained in this, but he just knows. Are you listening to what I'm saying, Bazalan? Don't overlook that perception. Verse 11. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. And since Fair Heavens was exposed to an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. When a light wind began to blow from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up the anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But note what it says. But the weather changed abruptly. That's the, the perception he had. The weather changed. So no, we can, we can navigate this. There's nothing wrong. Let's go. Nothing wrong. The weather changed abruptly. And the wind of typhoon strength called the Northeaster burst across the island and blew out of the sea. My goodness. They couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and left it run before the gale. The next day, a gale force winds continued to batter the ship. The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. He told them. He told them. He knew it was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. They threw the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until all hope was gone. They could have avoided this. They could have avoided this. We can avoid this type of things if we were just to listen to the inward witness. No one of them had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Man, you should have listened to me in the first place. And you shouldn't have left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. How many things we could have avoided? How much damage? Huh? And, and when we get damaged and when we lose, we say, why didn't God tell me? He was trying to tell you. We just didn't listen. You, you knew, you knew when you went, you were not sure. There was something in here that was scratchy. There was something uncomfortable. There was something in here. You knew. You knew. You knew when you started drinking that thing at only months. You knew when you started smoking that thing. You knew. It's not that you didn't know. You knew when you were shaking up with that girl and that guy. You knew. You knew when you were cheating on your wife and cheating on your husband. You knew, you knew. You knew when you, were, when, you were, when you were committing crime at your bank, oh, nana, nobody will find you. You knew, you knew. You knew. So you didn't know. You knew. Verse 22. Paul says, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Even though the ship will go down. For last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he says, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Now note, even if the angel appeared, he didn't save the ship. There are certain things, you left to suffer the consequences of your decision. He will save your life. Mara, you will lose your house and lose your car. Hopefully, it would. Look at somebody else. The angel says, don't be afraid, Paul. Verse 24, for you'll surely stand before trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. I think God did it because of Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were going to lose their lives as well. You're all aware of the recent accident, Yako, Ethiopia. Ethiopian airline, one of the airliners that that fell. It reminded me of the, the Malaysian air, airline that fell about a year ago or so. I don't know many of you read the follow-up stories. There's the story of this child. 
You know, that's why I respect children so much. Their spirit is still untainted. It's pure. They, they can connect with God easy. Their head has not been educated at the expense of their spirit. Because they don't know much logic like you. They can't rationalize like you. They, they listen more to how they feel in here. They respond to how they feel. That's why I love children. Yeah. How long are wrong? They don't want you. Look at Nana. Because why? They, they can pick up who wrong all And when I was high Nana, it's kind of funny. Because you're rational, you're not high born and you're not born. Yeah. That's why I say, if you can let that, if let those children develop in the things of God at an early age, my goodness. Oh, yeah. That's why they were attracted. They are attracted to things that are godly. I see every time we do outreaches. This past Friday, go Ivory Park. I was so blessed. When I made an altar call, there were so many children there. Yeah. Because they can tell what has been preached is God's word. They can tell God can change my life. The parents are crazy. No, all that. They can pick up in their spirit. This is the right thing. I'm going there. Oh, come on. Give the Lord a hand. I'm going to close in a short while. That's why in the time of Jesus, when the parents saw Jesus going somewhere, but now they ran and they said, shouted, Hosanna unto David. The parents were angry. That's why when they saw Jesus coming, they ran. And the old people stopped them. Jesus said, hey, in here. Ah. What's a Mayaka LTE? Yeah, they're not buffering like the old people. Come on, they can pick up. We've got to nurture that ability in children to get them to know God at an early age, to teach them these lessons. That if, if, if you sense there's somebody, how shock are you, nanana, balicha or They may not be able to explain. They may say it in a clumsy way, but don't take for granted what children say. So there was this child, I think eight year old or ten year old boy, Axel old he was. He had been accompanied by his parents. They were going to put him on this flight because he was visiting with family elsewhere. And he wouldn't go. He said, no, I'm not going. They said, no, we've booked. He said, no, I'm afraid I'm not going. Something bad's going to happen. Yeah, it's a true story. They said, hi, man, nothing will happen now, now, whatever. Forced the child. The child finally went on board. And as he was going on board, kept on looking back. Waving, saying something. That's the last time they saw that boy. Oh, yeah. Why? In here, he had a perception. This thing, something wrong is going to happen here. Are you there, Bazalan? Are you there, Bazalan? Let's close. How do you? Cultivate the capacity to hear your spirit. Number one, develop the discipline of a quiet time. Develop the discipline of a quiet time. Look at Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Note what it says. It says, and in the morning, somebody say in the morning. Say it again. Okay, Balanche, earring. Ah, uh, you're not convincing me. Earring. When? In the morning. In the morning. You know, Basalana, why morning is so important? Now, I'm not saying morning is everything. But you know why morning is so important? Do you know why? You want me to tell you? You want me to tell you why morning is so important? You want me to tell you why morning is so important? Because when you have been sleeping, your body has been at rest. And the noise level of your body is greatly reduced. And your spirit sort of comes into the ascendancy. So when you wake up in the morning, because your body is at rest and it's been quiet and calm, you can easily hear your spirit. The best time to connect with God, it's in the morning.
In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out. So, in other words, oversee the go high. And still went further away and departed into a solitary place, Ali Wan. And there prayed in the morning. You know, if I had it my way, I would, I would so encourage people to try this. It doesn't have to be for hours. Even if it's just 15 minutes. Before you look at your phone, before you listen to music, before you watch the news, before Uchika anybody. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Just go away in a solitary place, wherever it is, and pray. You know what would happen? Because you're quiet, you will start hearing. It's not always where there will be anything. The issue is not about getting anything every day. It's just about listening as you pray. Just this. And don't manufacture things. Just listen. And pray. Why? I want to have access to what's going on in my spirit. I want to listen. Not what Isaiah says. Isaiah says, Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord, not how their life goes, they renew their strength, they mount up with wings, they run, they are not weary, they walk and they are not faint. He's saying, if you want to continue growing in your life, if you want to see yourself go to another level and another level, learn the discipline of waiting. As I look around on our church and I look around at all the programs you are doing, many of the things, I remember many of these things. It was when I was waiting. It didn't come through prophecy. It didn't come through razzmatazz. It didn't come through the glitz and the glamour. It didn't come through the thunder or the lightning or the earthquake. It came through the ordinary mundane discipline of waiting. Every day as I waited, in my spirit I knew you need to go to the stadium in my spirit I knew you need to start building the building in my spirit I knew you need to start planting churches and I know if I stop the discipline of waiting I'm cutting the life source I'm cutting something that is a river that's a well that's a life giving source I'm cutting something from where everything is generated as a young believer, I used to wonder why don't they, why don't I ever get prophecies in Namare? It's not been many times when I've been prophesied over Bazalwan. As a young Christian, I mean, I would sit in a congregation before Kibam I would sit like you, and the prophet would prophesy everybody around me, Mara, Navaskibam prophet. Why? But then as I grew in the things of God, I realized that somebody was prophesied over is not guaranteed that their life will be a better life than your life. In fact, I found that the mundane way of finding out the will of God is the more permanent way of knowing the voice of God. I developed a discipline of how to hear from God when the other guy is still waiting for a prophet to come and prophesy over them. I don't need to wait for a prophet to prophesy over me. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the in what parts of the belly? Oh, Jesus. But I found out that entry level is an important entry level. I found out that starting point is an important starting point. Because as I have waited and waited and waited and waited, I moved from a phone line. I moved to another level. I moved to 3G. I moved to 5G. Now I have moved to LTE. I can hear faster and quicker, but I had to start somewhere. And I've looked at some of those people, ministry-wise, achievement-wise, they haven't gone any further than me. 
I'm not saying it in a competitive way. Some of them haven't even gone that far. That it's prophesied over you that you have seen an angel, that God visited you, is no guarantee that your life is going to be better. God wants you to lose the entry level and grow and develop a discipline. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Wait on God, Bazalana. You know, Bazalana, they don't like this kind of preachings. I know it sounds basic. But that basic is what has produced what you see. And it will still produce more. I, used to, I spoke to Bishop Doug about this. We were talking about it. He said, you know, Musa, I've never seen Jesus. He even said, how I wish I could have seen an angel. In fact, in his church, there, there, there was a, a member of their church. And this is supernatural. You know, in the early days of the church, he would do visitation. He said, every time I went to visit this member, I would find them waiting for me. Already. And I was wondering, well, how do they know I'm coming? And then one day I asked, I said, Mara, how do you know I was coming to visit you? This person said, well, before you come, there's always angels that come ahead of you. Yeah, I'm going to teach on angels in July, okay? Our winter Bible seminar. You've got angels that are escorting you. (laughs) He said, no, no, your angels that come and visit, so I already know. He said, what angels? Sky. No, 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 I already, he said, all the time. And somebody who went to stay at his house, one day he, they were sleeping in a room and in the morning they told them, and say, hey, as you were walking, I saw your angels walking. This is not fair. <laughs> these angels. Now I have to struggle in a solitary place. Let me tell you, that's a more permanent way. I said that's a more permanent way. And finally, watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 4. Learn to pray regularly in tongues. Pazalana, praying in tongues is one of the best things you can do to increase the capacity of your spirit to be able to pick up the inward witness. Listen to what it says. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. In other words, he builds himself up. Let me explain this to you. See, when you, when you build yourself up, I've been using this term, you expand your capacity so that when you have stayed on that journey, there are things that later you can do that you couldn't do earlier. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Let me give an example. You know, there's this exercise program, maybe some cross-training. You know, cross-training is, I haven't done it, but I've heard people talk about it. It's one of the best ways to train because cross-training you, 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 you focus on everything you need to focus on. You, you focus on your cardiovascular part, right? That is for your heart and circulation, plus stamina. And then you focus, secondly, on flexibility. Because sometimes, okaba strong, marulitsili stiff. Have you seen about WWF? They are big marabas stay. I'm not sure face. I don't know what to do. So, you stay. So, you focus on your flexibility, but also you focus on building strength into your muscles and resilience into your muscles. So, it's a well-rounded training. So, when you, when you get involved in cross-training, you build yourself up. Watch this now. When you start in cross-training, the first day you do it, it's like you're a corpse. The following day, anybody knows what I'm saying, eh? Right. But if you stay on it, you start enlarging your capacity that you can get to a point where you can do things that you couldn't do before. These are the people who get involved in these triathlons. You see, they're involved in this competition where they run and then they get on a bike and then they swim. When I was a fellow who ride that bike, I would never mind the 45 kilometers. And you wonder how these people, these people just look like they have bionic bodies. It looks like they have supernatural bodies. It's not supernatural, it's enlarging the capacity. Let me have my verse. When you pray in the spirit, 
you enlarge your capacity. You can hear God more. You can operate in God more. But not only that, you enlarge your capacity of moving in the things of God. You enlarge the capacity where God can take you to another level and another level and another level. Many people haven't learned that. Why? Because they never started at entry level. So you have no time to wait on God when. Yeah. You want a prophecy on demand. Bring your offering, then I give a prophecy. Instead of you building your ability to listen to God. But I see you building your ability to listen to God. Give the Lord a big hand of praise in this house. I know it's been a long day, but give the Lord a big hand of praise like you just came. Will you raise your right hand with me and say it with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the ability to hear the voice of your spirit. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. And I will be led by your spirit. I thank you that I'll be able to pick up the inward witness. I'll be able to hear when you speak to me. Through your power, I give you glory. I give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray in the Holy Ghost for a while. Pray in the Holy Ghost for a while. You deserve the glory and the honor.